Well, good evening and welcome once again to the podcast known as Read the Word. My name is Jason and uh, as always, it is just an extreme pleasure uh, to be able to welcome you uh, to this program where we just have an opportunity uh, to almost daily uh, get into the Word of God and see what He has to say in our hearts and in our lives. And um, I just counted a joy uh, that when you come and you spend some time uh, reading the Word of God together, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And I know I can't hear you. I know I can't see you. But I know you're there. And I know that um, you're listening. And I, I see the, uh, the different people um, that are tuning in. And um, I, I see the different countries that are tuning in. And man, is it absolutely incredible uh, to see um, the stats and to see where different people are listening to this podcast. The other thing um, that just encourages me beyond words is that this podcast is being viewed by more young people than older people. And what that tells me is that tells me that there's a hunger in our younger generation for the word of God and for truth. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of outlets and a lot of avenues out there that you can listen to and you can believe, but everybody is searching for the truth. They're looking in all the wrong places right now, but they're searching for the truth. And the Bible says that when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free and you shall be free indeed. That's pretty free. And it all comes by knowing the truth and the truth comes through the word of God. John 1 1 says that he is the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. We see that from the very beginning that he was truth, that he is the word in the flesh and that he came and he wanted to dwell among us to be able to teach us how to apply the word to our everyday lives. You know, Jesus quoted the, the Old Testament many, many times um, throughout his ministry. And he quoted, I think one preacher said like 75% of the New Testament over his ministry. It might be less than that, but over his ministry, he consistently quoted the word of God to bring about change in people's lives and in people's hearts and to also let them know that the word back then was true just as much as the word is true today. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and that he's never going to change and that his word is living and active and it's never going to change. In fact, it cautions you that if you try to change the word of God, you put yourself in danger of hellfire. And I don't ever want to put myself in danger of hellfire. I want to be one that reads the word, understands the word, expounds upon the word, but never changes it, never adds to, never takes away. 
And you know, there's, <clears throat> there's so many denominations and there's so many different people that think they have the answer. Can I just tell you, we need to come under one understanding that there is one God, there is one mediator, there is one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father, and He's the Father of everything. Listen, when we come under that uh, understanding as a church, and we have unity under that, then we know the hope that we have, we know the faith that we have, we know that when we're tried, we know the patience that we have, we know the mediator that we have when we get into trouble and we need somebody to speak on our behalf, we know the mediator that we have, we know the savior that we have. We know the God that we serve, and we know the truth. And that's what this is all about, is this is all about truth. And tonight, we're going to read another very familiar book of the Bible, five chapters, the book of James. The book of James is loaded with so much wisdom um, for our lives. It's loaded with so many different things that we're to do to help people, to bring about change in our church, uh, to bring about change in our lives just from how we speak and how we talk and all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to study the book of James tonight, and um, we're going to expound upon uh, a few passages of scripture. And uh, so before we do, uh, we're going to open up the word of prayer. And once again, I would just ask that you would pray for those that are sick um, in body, those that are uh, sick even mentally and, and spiritually, uh, that God would heal each and every one of those people and bring about a change in their lives as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for your ability, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you have called us out of darkness and into marvelous light, Father. God, tonight we pray for those that are sick, Lord God. Lord, those that are sick with COVID, those, Lord God, that are sick, uh, maybe mentally, Lord God, maybe spiritually, Lord God, uh, they're dealing with things in their lives and they're dealing with things in their hearts, Lord God, and they're looking in all the wrong places for the answer. God, I pray tonight in Jesus' name that they turn to you that they turn to your word, that they turn to the church, Lord God. And Father, you call them out of darkness and into marvelous light tonight. God, you heal them. Lord, from the guttermost to the uttermost, Lord God, you heal them, Lord God. You bring them out of the situations that they're in, in Jesus' name. And Father, we're going to be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to switch over to my Bible. And James chapter 1, reading out of the New King James Version. Chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation. Because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flowers falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Chapter 2 My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, You sit here in a good place. And you say to the poor man, You stand there, or you sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not, do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. 
For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have, a, you have become a transgressor of the law. So, speak. And so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith has made faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Chapter 3 My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths and that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brother... These things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... 
do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Chapter 4 Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war that you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you say, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Chapter 5 Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which keep you back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early 
and the latter rain. You also shall be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Man, what a powerful, powerful book of the Bible this is. I want to go back to chapter 3. I'm going to be in chapter 3 and, and also in chapter 5 for uh, just a, a few minutes. Um, let me check my time here. Oh, yeah, we're doing good. <clears throat> chapter 3 is a, a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I think it's one that we all need to understand, especially in this day and age. And I think more so because we have so many avenues of communication where we don't really think that's my tongue that is saying those things. It's my hands that are typing or it's my thoughts that are that are, are thinking those things. And maybe I'm, I'm going through the the webs and, and all of the internet and all that kind of stuff. And I find a meme and man, that meme is just perfect for the thing that is going on in my mind. Listen, the Bible says that we cannot tame our tongue. It is a unruly evil, full of deadly poison. And this is what it says. It says in one side of your mouth, you bless God. And in another side of your mouth, you you curse men and you curse God even sometimes. It should not be this way. And so I want to first challenge us. And I want to challenge us that what it is that we say to people holds weight. Now, I think we talked about a few nights ago, talked about witnessing. Now, just imagine for just a second that you're attempting to witness 
to the young men that you see on the street or the young women that you see on the street or your family members or people at work or wherever you're at. And you know, I, had a, I had a pastor when I was a kid. Um, he's still a pastor uh, in another town here in Alaska. And he told a story about how he was working at a grocery store when he was just first saved, just out of high school. And he was working at a grocery store. And one day, somebody had left a huge pile of milk crates just on the other side of the door. Now, if you know anything about this pastor, you know he moves very, very quickly. And he never stops. The guy is go, 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 90 miles an hour. And so I'm sure he was probably moving a little bit faster than he probably should have that day. And he went through that door and he knocked over all those milk crates and he fell over them and all of that kind of stuff. And everybody just stopped. And they just watched. And he said he got up and he was checking his arms and he was checking his legs and he's going, oh, praise God, praise God. Woo, praise God. And somebody looked at him and says, aren't you going to cuss? Because that's what the world expects when those kind of situations take place. But what a great witness it was when he was praising God for not getting hurt instead of cussing out the person that might have left that unsafe work environment. And this is what we have to remember. You know, we are we are in a, a, a culture of social media. And in this culture of social media, we tend to believe that we have to make our beliefs known to the public and then whatever they want to do with them, they can do with them. Can I just tell you, I have been watching different people that I have grown up with my entire life. And some of the things that get posted make me question their salvation. Now, I know, I know. You say, Jason, you are not supposed to judge, and I'm not. I'm not. That's for God to do. But when we begin to step outside of the word of God and we begin to, instead of encourage one another with the words of the Bible, and we begin to try to do everything that we can to sway one person one way or sway one person another way, that's not the word of God. See, the Bible says that we're supposed to be ready at a moment's notice to give an account of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It also says that gossiping shouldn't be named among you. That unruly parties and, and unruly conversations and those kind of things should not be named among you. So, he tells us there's some things that we're supposed to be ready to talk about. We are supposed to be ready to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to be able to take somebody and lead them in the direction of Jesus. 
But can I tell you that sometimes what we say takes people and moves them further away from God because of the spirit that we say it with, because of the attitude that we say it with, and because it is not anything different than what their friend that they just spent the entire evening at the bar with said to him while sitting at the bar. You say, Jason, that's harsh. I know. This is the Holy Spirit talking right now and saying, stop it. It is time that we give the tongue to the tongue tamer. I've told this story several times. The story goes that there was a young man woke up one day and he said, well, actually, he was just saying his prayers. He was just saying his prayers. He's saying, God, you know, today I have been a good boy. I have done everything that you have asked me to do, God. I have not cussed. I have not drank. I have not smoked. I have not lusted after anybody. But God, I'm about to get out of bed. And Father, when my feet hit the floor, I'm going to need you to help me the rest of this day. See, that's the attitude that we need to have. There are some things that need to be said. You know how you say those things? You say them at the voting booth. There are some things that need to be said. You know how to say those things? You say them to God the Father in prayer, and He takes care of it. You don't have to voice your humble opinion. Because... The only opinion you should have is that my Father in heaven is in charge. He is on the throne. He is in control. And there is absolutely nothing that He does not know about. Absolutely nothing. He knows what is going on in this world. He knows what's going on in America. He knows what's going on in Canada. He knows what's going on in Africa. Come on. We have said this so many times this week. He is trying to tell us. He knows what's going on. And so, can you tame your tongue? No. But can God? Yes. Yes. God can tame your tongue. But you have to give it to him and you have to let him take control of it and when you get to the office tomorrow morning and somebody's at the water cooler and they start turning the sky blue with just how Joe Biden is doing and how everybody else in Congress is doing and how he's not my president or he is my president or I wish I had another president it is up to you at that point whether or not you're going to let God take control of that tongue. If you let God take control of that tongue, He says that He's going to put into you and bring back to your remembrance scriptures and things that you've been taught at just the right moment that you need it. Think about that. Man, there's times that I sit down at this podcast 
And I don't know what God's going to say. But I ask him to allow me to be used. And in doing so, it opens up a, a, an avenue for him to be able to speak. Am I saying I'm perfect? Absolutely not. Do I have issues? Absolutely. But one thing that you will find about me is I don't go on social media and I don't just post political and all of those kind of things because I learned a long time ago. It offends some people and other people just get so hyped up about it. They think you're just the end all be all. I don't want that because God is the end all be all. He's the one that I want them to see. And so when I make a post on social media, it's about church or it's about something with my family or, you know, it's about something that I might need prayer for. But in everything that I post, you know what I always try to say? God's got this. God's in control. He can do this. I don't need to fear. What can man do to me? Because I got God on my side. Let's flip the script on the world. And let's start being the church, not only in the four walls of the church on Sunday morning, and don't even get me started as to some of the things that are talked about in the foyers and the hallways of our churches. Let's start being the church that allows God control of our tongues so that when something is needed to be said, you are an open and willing vessel for him to pour into so that he can pour it out into somebody else's life. I promise you, I promise you, there will be people that's lives will be changed by the power of God because you were different than everybody else and what everybody else was saying. Hallelujah. So I want to end with chapter 5. There's some specific needs that I know we have. And there's answers for every single one of those needs that we have in James chapter five. It says this, are you suffering? Pray. Are you cheerful? Worship him. Are you sick? Call for people that know how to pray to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. If you committed sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I want, to, I want to just pull that word fervent out for just a second. What does that word fervent mean? Well, it means this. Many, 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 many years ago, there was a revival that took place over in Australia. And the story goes that this revival started because of a prayer meeting 
that was held at a church one night. And during that prayer meeting, God touched the hearts of every single person there and gave them this passion to see their city and their college come to know come to know him as their personal lord and savior the story goes that you could walk into those prayer meetings and they went on for several weeks you could walk into those prayer meetings and where somebody had been praying there was literally a puddle as though there was a leak in the roof and it was raining cats and dogs outside You see, fervency comes from a heart of expectancy. I'm going to say that again. Fervency comes from a heart of expectancy. When you're expecting something to take place, you get really fervent about what's about to happen. If you're expecting a vacation, you get real fervent about all the different plans and all the different things that you've got to put in play. If you're expecting a a promotion, man, you, whoo, Johnny on the spot, you are um, the guy that's going to do everything that you possibly can to get that promotion. You get real fervent about that promotion. If you're expecting for a healing in your body, or you're expecting for revival you get real fervent in prayer because you expect God to do something in your life or in your church or in your finances listen we need to live in an attitude of expectation that when we wake up in the morning we anticipate and we expect to see God do something great that day And what it does is it keeps us passionate for Him and passionate for His Word. That word fervent is passionate prayer. It's a a different kind of prayer. It's, It's not a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's a God would you move, God would you touch, God would you heal, God would you bless, God would you have your perfect way in our hearts and in our lives. God, would you do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think? And tonight, that's what he wants from us. He wants us to be fervent in our prayers. And so as we close tonight, I just want us to pray expecting great things from God, expecting him to move, expecting him to bless, expecting him to do great and wonderful things. Heavenly Father, I worship you and I praise you. God, I lift you up and I magnify you tonight. Father, we know that you are in control. God, we know that you are taking care of it. God, we know that you are Lord of all. And so, Father, tonight, we ask that you would have your perfect way, that you would bless, 
That God, you would touch. That you would move in people's hearts and in people's lives. Father, if there's one that doesn't know you tonight as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, I'm praying in the mighty name of Jesus that you would touch. That you would save, Lord God. And Father, you would bring them into your kingdom. That you would call them out of darkness and into marvelous light, God. Father, would you have your perfect way? God, would you touch our churches? God, would you bring about change in our churches? Would you bring about change, Lord God, in the atmosphere in our churches, Lord God? Father, if there's a church out there, Lord God, that's on its last legs, Lord. Lord, they don't have the people, Lord God. The people that they have have been there for years and years and years, Lord God. And Father, if they lose 10 more people, God, they lose their church. Father, I'm praying for a mighty outpouring in the country churches, Lord God, and in the small churches, Lord God, and even in the big churches, Lord God, that, Father, we would see you move, that we would see you, Lord God, bring people in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God, that need a touch from you. God, would you have your perfect way? God, would you do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works inside of us? Father, would you bring people in? God, would you bring Sunday school teachers in? God, would you bring pastors in? God, would you bring uh, lay people in, Lord God? Father, would you bring missionaries in, Lord God? People that are going to go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Lastly, Father, would you touch us? Father, would you help us, Lord God, each and every day to control our tongue? Lord God, no, 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 not that we would control our tongue, but that you would control our tongue. Lord God, your word says we cannot control our tongue. God, your word says that we cannot do that. Lord God, we are not able to do it because we are flesh and we are blood. Lord God, we are, we are living in a world of sin, Lord God. The things that are around us, Father, make us to lash out, make us to say things, Lord God, that sometimes we don't mean, Father. And I'm praying right now in the mighty name of Jesus that when we wake up in the morning, Lord God, God, we would give you our tongue. When we go to bed at night, Lord God, we would give you our tongue, Lord God. The Father, as we live and move and have our being in you, Lord God, that you would take control of our tongue, Lord God. And that, Father, you would touch us. That, Father, you would change us. That, God, you would guide our conversations. That, God, you would get the glory out of everything that we do and everything that we say in Jesus' name. And Father, we're going to give you all the praise and we're going to give you all the glory for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. And amen. Well, God bless you guys. Once again, thank you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you for uh, just taking the time out of your schedule to listen. Please, once again, when you get to the end of this podcast, if it's blessed you, would you please share this with your family and with your friends and with your church and anybody else that you want to share it with? Listen, the Word of God is alive, it's active, and it's there for us, and we need to get it out there so that others can be blessed the same way that God is blessing us. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night on another edition of Read the Word.